Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. This week we have the next in our little series meeting some of our Church Society Trust parishes up and down the country. This week I'm in Barton Seagrave in Northamptonshire and I'm talking to Mark Lucas. We are at uh, Barton Seagrave, uh, just outside Kettering in Northamptonshire and I am Rector of Barton Seagrave and uh, St Edmunds Walkton. And from what I have seen, this is an idyllic, classic English little village. There's a green, there's a very pretty looking church. If we were in the Cotswolds, I'd say it looks very Cotswoldy with that sort of yellowy stone. There's a Georgian rectory next to it. Um, I mean, do you get many Midsummer murders round here? Well, one or two, <laughs> but we try not to broadcast it too much. Is, is it as idyllic as, as that picture makes it sound? No. No. Uh, Northamptonshire is, uh, or central Northamptonshire where we are, is an area of the country which has had more than its fair share of, um, uh, what, what can I say, uh, it's, it's been hit by economic depression over the years. It was, Kettering was the centre of the shoe industry. And um, back mid twentieth century, yes, um, it had oh in excess of a hundred shoe companies, more, more. Than I that. used to have a great uncle who was in the shoe trade. Okay, was and he a skiver? Uh, no, he um, he was a salesman. Okay, is is what did he you was. know? There's a thing called a skiver. I did, but I I don't quite know what they actually did. No, I don't know either. No, I did. They maybe shave bits off. No, that was a clicker. Okay, I'm not up on all the... Clickers the... were called clickers because their they're cutters used to click, click, click as they cut them. Oh, there you so go. I've learned this. So is, and are all these sort of surnames that you hear around here of people, of sort of names of shoe... I don't chains? know. Um, there could be. We have um, Mr Andrew Loke living almost next door to the church. Some of you, if you're well-versed in this matter, will have heard of Loke's shoes. Okay. They're the only shoe company left in Kettering. Okay. And wow. they are handmade in Kettering still. All the others have gone. There you go. So Kettering was left after the shoe industry went with uh, very little. And uh, it's also worth remembering that uh, less than 10 miles up the road we have Corby. Yes. Uh, which you'll remember had a big steel industry. That's all gone. Yes, quite recently. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we've got Wellingborough to the south, which is a very down at heel kind of old town. It's got a public school. But it's very tough sort of area. So, Northamptonshire, central Northamptonshire, uh, has really felt the pinch over the last half mm. a century, really, okay. and is just beginning to emerge from that. But the industry that's coming back in is predominantly things like uh, warehousing and distribution centres. Right. So as you drive down the A14, there are the most enormous distribution centres that you've ever seen in your yes. life. Yes. Because we're on the A14, uh, where we're sitting now is just two miles from the A14 itself, which joins the M6, and so the main uh, motorway networks of the country. Yes, well, the M6 and the M1. That's right. And then the A14 itself that goes to Felixstowe. It goes to Felixstowe. So it's an ideal location. So all the container lorries, they come down straight down the A14, and this is a good place to... To, to have to, to, break, your, to have the you know the distribution centres. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's yeah. I, I often describe Northampton as um, 
it, it is a beautiful county. It's a forgottenly beautiful county. Yes, I only learned yesterday when you said that there's no cities in Northamptonshire. No cities in Northamptonshire. I thought Shropshire was the only county with no cities, oh, but no. Um, East Sussex hasn't got any cities. No, either. there you go. I don't think uh, Buckinghamshire's got any cities either. Oh, there you go. Anyway, well, what we go. do I know? Here's your geography lesson yeah. for the week. <laughs> it's a, Northamptonshire is most definitely a county of beautiful villages and horrible towns okay and so your parish um again you know from where we're sitting looks like it's one of those beautiful villages it does everyone here live in a sort of thatched cottage I with roses around the door no the bit that you've seen is the bit immediately around the church if you drive beyond that you've got housing estates okay barton seagrave is housing estates right F- post-war right so uh, and it's grown and grown and grown we've had an estate of 500 houses that's just about to be f- finished and we have a new estate being built over the next 20 years of 5,000 houses wow so that will significantly increase the, the population in your parish it will double the population in my parish because it's nearly all in my parish wow and um okay well we'll maybe talk a little bit about some of the implications of that later but um so that just gives us an idea of the sort of place you are tell us a little bit about the church i will but i should mention walkton as well because they'll never forgive me if i didn't uh you're talking about little quaint little villages walkton is about oh two three miles from well two miles from barton seagrave and it is a tiny tiny village almost exclusively uh thatched houses with a tiny little um, Norman church with a congregation of about 30 to 40 people. Okay. Uh, and it is, if you stand in the right place, breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's nearly all owned by the Duke of Buccleuch. Yeah, so we were discussing <coughs> uh, last night patronage. So mm. St Botolph's, uh, which is the, the sort of main church in Barton Seagrave, yeah. is a church society trust parish. Yeah. But um, St Edmund's, that you're also rector of, is a shared patronage. With Church Society and the Duke of Buccleuch. And the Duke of Buccleuch. They take it in turns. Nice. Which is very nice. Very, <laughs> I mean, very civilised. Very Northampton. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and I love Walkton, it's great. Now, St Botolph's uh, has an evangelical tradition. Uh, way back, as far as anybody can determine, it's a Norman church. Um so that is a very long evangelical yeah. tradition. There are some wonderful uh, plaques up on the walls inside the church. There's one that talks about one of the previous rectors who, who never stopped preaching for the con- for the what was it? Never stopped preaching Christ for the salvation of souls or something like wonderful. that. Wonderful. And I thought that's what made me come here. I thought saw that and I thought wow. What yeah, a heritage! If that's what they've been used to round here, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It, it's an incredible place. Yeah, it has. Um, uh, it's not a massive. Not we're not massive. We, uh, I suppose, um, we have three services on a Sunday, and I suppose across those three services, we're maybe two fifty, bit more, okay. two fifty to three hundred people on a Sunday across all the services, which is it's very encouraging. Yeah, and I for a for a sort of you know non city centre church, mm. I would say that's a pretty reasonable size. I I yeah. think for this sort of place. Yeah, I mean Kettering is an amazing place really because the church next door to us, Christ the King Kettering, which was a plant from us in the nineteen eighties, is the same sort of size, uh, and they're right next door. And do your congregation mostly come 
from within the parish or are you drawing people from a wider area? Well, we're slightly eclectic, but not as eclectic as some other evangelical churches. Mm. So we do have quite a lot, mostly, predominantly from the parish or, or very close to the parish. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and and, uh, and that's what we do. We um, do all the usual stuff that churches do. Yeah. And... Uh, Great. I mean, I, so I'm here because I was speaking at a, a women's event um, mm -hmm. last night. And one of the things I was quite struck by were the number of people who were sort of there with more than one generation of their family or had connections mm. to the church over the years. Is it the sort of place where people stay and, and have that sort of... Um, in the past it has been. Right. So when everybody was in the shoe industry, it would be, you know, father to son. And as... The shoe industry was growing. It moved from being a, a kind of agrarian um, economy to people working in, in the shoe industry. Um, so there are generations of, of families together. But it doesn't seem to happen so much now because it's the kind of place where... I want to be careful I say this because I don't want to put mm. Barton people down, chop this out. I, I don't want to make them sound bad but they're, because they're not in any way. But young people with aspiration... Mm. When they go off to university, they don't want to come back and work in the distribution industry. Right. So they will invariably move away. Yes. So we train our young people, they go away, and then we don't see them again, yeah. which is sad. Yes. Although, I mean, I was talking to a lady last night who grew up around here and went off to university and then came back and is a teacher. And, yeah. you know, so, but I take, I take your point that, mm. that actually... Yeah, the, it won't necessarily be the kind of place mm. that, that people are, are coming back to and therefore staying um, in generations to come. And just tell us, so you, um, you said sort of 250 to 300 people. Is that a, a mix of ages, families, older people? Um, is it very ethnically diverse around here? Where, where, where are your congregation at? Uh, Yes, you were right the first time. It's a mix of ages, mix of families. We have an increasing number of uh, young families. We've got a, a, a strong ministry with uh, young families and children. Um, ethnically diverse is an interesting question because it depends just what you mean by that. We are almost totally white. Right. Uh, not quite, but almost totally white. But... We have quite a lot of Europeans and a, lot, a, a reasonable size contingency of South Africans. Oh, wow. And uh, so we are ethnically diverse, but not necessarily in the traditional sense. It might not appear that if one yeah. took a photo of your congregation, exactly. but actually once you talk to them, you mm. can see that people are coming from different places. Mm. And again, I assume that's pretty reflective of, of just the sort of general population oh, yeah. around here, um, that, it, that it's not a sort of hotbed of, um, uh, yeah... Different. Apart from Corby, which is full of Scottish people. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> I've forgotten why, but I had heard when that the there's steel, a sort of a... Well, when the steel industry moved down from Scotland, they moved down to Corby, uh, and they built the steelworks and moved the people down. So all the workers came from Scotland, and because there was such a critical mass of them, they all kept their accents. Yes. And there are generations in Corby who have strong Scottish accents who've never even been to Scotland. That's amazing, which is isn't amazing. it? And there's a Celtic and Rangers supporters club. Yeah. There's a Church of Scotland in the centre of Corby. It's like going into a different world. That is phenomenal, isn't it? And um, again, it's sort of indicative of how society's changed because these days I think it would be much harder 
for that to happen, even if you move people en masse, because you know because of the influence of of sort of social media but also mm. people then moving away yeah. and and staying but actually mm. um that's kind of amazing so tell us how long you've been here Mark. i've been here eight years okay and um, over that time what have been the real encouragements that you've ways that you've seen god at work um people haven't left great that's <laughs> encouraging isn't it do you normally clear a church <laughs> within the first six months <laughs> no, it's, it's very encouraging we've um it, it it's it's encouraging in that uh yes there are a reasonable number of younger people in the congregation i've got nothing against mm. uh, oldies my last church was down in east sussex near eastbourne yes uh so we had minister a more, to retired folks yes indeed they used to say that polgate where i was oh yes was where people from eastbourne went when they retired lovely and then bexhill <laughs> was where they went when they retired from polgate but <clears throat> uh so it was quite a shock coming here to see young people in the church which is you know fine it's good mm. um it's always a challenge to reach younger people uh that is hard yeah because in order to reach younger people who know absolutely nothing i mean the level of of christian understanding is virtually zero in the under 30s uh, in order to minister to those people and to the older folk at the same time in church who've been in church most of their life mm -hmm. or at least connected with church most of their life and know know what's in the bible they know the main stories they know what it's about ministering to both those extremes it's quite difficult yes i mean we do have separate services but they're not separated on that kind of no, and you wouldn't no. want them to be. No. Actually, that's point part of the point of church mm. is that you're in a family yeah. with people at all different mm. stages of mm. life and and Christian mm. life. But yes, how you mm. um, uh, preach in a way that hits mm. both of those those mm. needs. It's can difficult, be... but there are real encouragements. Yeah, the people growing in in the faith, and we've uh, uh, numbers have. I mean, it's not all about numbers. I know, but. <laughs> when people say it's not all about numbers, I usually think, well, somebody's about to make an excuse. Yes. Uh, numbers have grown a bit since I've been here. Right. But if you take into account how many people we've lost to glory along the years, numbers have grown quite substantially. Right. So yeah. it's one of those things that when your actual electoral role is creeping up mm. and you know you're constantly losing people. People off the end. People are moving yes. away. Yeah. then you know you're doing okay. People are coming from somewhere. to. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. to see the church double in five years. I'd love to see that. If it did, we'd be in with a big problem because the church would only seat 150 people. Right. So that sort of brings me to a question I was going to ask. I, I um, have been staying overnight um, with Mark and Julie. They mm. very kindly invited me to do that. And Mark has uh, carefully <laughs> littered the house with church society books. I so so that I, you know, there was sort of a pile in the kitchen with foundations of faith on the top. <clears> and we're now in his study and, and there's a pile next to me with building for the gospel uh, on the top. Um, I'm just hoping the church has asked me to write one at some point. Oh, well, we'll bear that in mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, are, are you building for the gospel? Is that something you're so. thinking about? Tell us what, what that might look like. Yeah, I mean, when I started off in ministry 25 years ago, I made a promise to myself that I would never take uh, a church, uh, a job as a vicar in a church with a grade one listed building. Yes. Uh, in fact, I promised myself I'd have to be pushed to take a job in a church with a listed building at all 
And now I'm rector here. I've got two grade one listed buildings and a grade two listed church hall. Goodness. So it's difficult. It is very, yes. very difficult. And and to be fair, I can see why. Like I've said, mm. it's very lovely yeah. around that green. And, mm. you know, you wouldn't want someone to suddenly get permission to build a, a no, huge indeed. great hall in the middle of that and, no. and whatever. So, um, yeah. But obviously, as the parish is expanding with new housing estates, yeah. and and you know we <coughs> trust as the kingdom is growing and you're you're reaching more people, mm -hmm. you can't, you know, churches are not elastic with with where you can put seats. So yeah, yeah, the church here has a history of church planting, right, which is very encouraging. Uh, in my lifetime, uh, there has, to my knowledge, been two church plants from this church. Um, one, the most recent one, uh, had a few issues and ended up becoming a new Frontiers church in okay. Kettering. Okay. That's fine. They're but at well, least it's a church the gospel, and it's, it's still going on. Yeah. The other one, to my knowledge, in the 80s, planted on a new estate that was built uh, and is now the church next door. Christ oh, the yes. King. Okay, that you mentioned. So that's yeah. great. So that has happened over the past. And with 5,000 new houses going uh, being built in the parish, we are planning another church plant. Uh, for, for, for a development of that size, and because we have a church next door that is, whilst not exactly the same flavour of evangelicalism, is evangelical, mm. uh, it, it's a new wine type church. Great. Um, I, uh, well, we're exploring the possibility of a church plant together. Wonderful. I mean, that will have various strains and stresses. Yes. But we get on well enough for preaching yes. the gospel. And while we're focused around that, yes. combined resources are going to work a lot better than trying to do our own thing. Wonderful. And the great thing on that is that the diocese, uh, Diocese of Peterborough, has seen the need for, the, for this church plant uh, and have the money set aside Fantastic. for a minister. Fantastic. Not a building. Right. We've got to find a building. Uh, but still, that's a huge that's step great. in being able to say, right, let's yeah. make this happen. Yeah. With stresses and strains elsewhere in the deanery, mm. with uh, you know tiny villages, as you can imagine, yes. putting ministry into tiny villages is incredibly expensive. Yeah. And Peterborough Diocese is a very rural diocese. Um, and actually, for them to, to set money aside for a church mm. plant is a very positive thing. Yes, it's um, it's one of those things that's really easy in theory to say, look, there's 5,000 houses here, they need a minister more mm. than that little village of mm. sort of 300 houses. But mm. when that little village has always had that's right. its own vicar and a church and people yeah. are very emotionally attached yeah. to that, it's much yeah. more difficult in and practice. The other thing is that uh, as you drive, if, if you drive around Northamptonshire... <laughs> Yes, um, as you drive around Northamptonshire, uh, you will notice that um, the whole county is one big building site. Right. You know, there are housing developments all over the place. This big one here, obviously, this massive one in Wellingborough. Corby has grown massively over the last few years, as has Northampton. Um, and uh, so it goes on. So the diocese really are stretched, and they have to be choosy about where they're going to invest their money. So... I'm really happy and pleased, mm. honoured, privileged, whatever it is, that, they've agreed. that the bishop yeah. really has seen that this one is one that he feels is worth investing in. Wonderful. That is so, exciting. It's good. Um, mm. Yes, and, and obviously, 
you know other things then need to happen in terms of buildings and people yeah. and and mm. all of that kind of stuff but mm. that really gives a lot of impetus doesn't mm. it if you can say mm. we can employ someone to to yeah. take that on so that's exciting so that's obviously something uh, that people can be praying for mm. um we do love to pray for our church society parishes but normally we don't get much more than a, a couple of lines in our prayer diary which are sometimes more informative than others depending what people send in to us um but one of the things we're trying to do in this podcast series is is give people just a bit more uh, information about things that that would be great to pray about so obviously mm. we could be praying about the the planned church plant and and the things as that moves forward mm. what else would you love people to be praying for for you and for the the churches uh, and the parish here i think uh probably like most churches uh wisdom in how we use the limited resources particularly financial resources that we have I mean, we're not a massively wealthy parish but as always there's so many calls on money that we could use I'd love to employ more staff on the team here. Because what, what sort of staff do you have at the moment? What's I your have, team? I uh, have me and an associate minister who works with youth. I have a part-time administrator. Right. And uh, I have a voluntary pastoral worker. And, you know, it'd be lovely to have staff to work with young families there's massive opportunities for young families and to work with seniors and uh, all kinds of areas yes schools um, yeah. but the money isn't there for all of that uh, so I, I'd really would appreciate prayer for that we have a massive uh, parish share payment because Peterborough is not a well endowed diocese uh, and parish shares in Peterborough Diocese are high. Um, I heard recently that we're the highest per church attender per year. Right. In the country. Right. Okay. So it does mean that we're paying a lot of money, which is a real squeeze. Yes. You were saying last night net givers to the diocese rather than we are net receivers. Givers, quite big net givers, yeah. Yes. And so, you know, while there are important reasons to, mm. to do that, that then makes it harder to work out what you can be doing it here. It does indeed. Yes. So I think prayer for that would be uh, would be good. I mean, just prayer for all the usual things in churches, really. Uh, evangelism that goes on, that it will be effective. That um, after your talking last night, that we'll have a flood of women wanting to come and repent on their knees. In terms what of they Jesus. all said, That'll just so wonderful. you know, what they all said is we really, really want... Uh, Mark to preach on the Old Testament much more, and particularly the Song of Songs. So uh, I just throw that in. in, in case I don't know I, that I could uh, read the Song of Songs from the pulpit, let alone preach it without without feeling embarrassed. So, uh, well, I I think you need to get over that. Especially chapter five. You shouldn't be embarrassed about the Bible. <laughs> so I, you know, there's that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, so some some normal things to be praying for, but also. And some specific. I think in lots of ways we're a very there. we're a very ordinary, very normal sort of uh, f fringe village on the on the fringe of a of a medium sized market town yeah. kind of place, and all the issues that yeah. those kind of churches face, we face. Yes, so one of the things I've really enjoyed actually about doing this little um, series, meeting some of our uh, vicars in in church society parishes, is just people in very ordinary churches, ours mm. tend to be in very ordinary sorts of places. So last mm. month I was talking uh, with someone who's a, 
minister in a sort of post-industrial black country area, mm-hmm. um, people in, in sort of commutary kind of villages, um, up in Chadderton where there's a huge Muslim mm-hmm. population mm-hmm. Um, on the outskirts. Well, you know, and just but people getting on with faithful gospel ministry mm-hmm. in the lives of very ordinary people living living mm-hmm. their lives around the country. And, mm-hmm. and it's exciting to see mm-hmm. that. It's really exciting, I think, to see a church with such a long evangelical heritage holding on to that mm. and and still having that kind of faithful mm. ministry because you've had um some uh illustrious curates we have i was just going <laughs> to say i should mention of course that the great the the, the great lee gatis was curate here before i was rector yes but he was curate here and um, is, and um, certainly people i met last night are still recovering from that yes yes <laughs> i mentioned his name and people make a sound i can't tell you what the sound is whether it's good or bad but there we are well there we go good thanks so much uh for talking to us mark it's been really great to visit and it's been really great to see uh some of what god's doing here and we will certainly be praying for you uh in the months and years to come great thank you very much that's the last of our full-length podcast before we break for the summer i'll be back next week with amanda robbie as we're discussing some short little books in short little podcasts uh, and there may be one or two other little podlets over the summer as well so do keep tuned for that and we'll be back in september with our regularly scheduled uh, series of half hour long weekly podcasts Thanks so much to all of you who've listened to the podcast over the last year. It's been really encouraging to hear how people have uh, enjoyed what we've had to talk about, the different kinds of podcasts that have been helpful and encouraging to you. I'd love to hear any feedback you have, not just on an individual episode, but on the podcast as a whole, what kind of things you'd like to hear more of, which podcasts you've really enjoyed, any ideas that you have for things that we might talk about in a future episode. You can always comment on our Facebook page, tweet us at Church Society, or email me, ros at churchsociety.org. If you enjoy the podcast, you might well enjoy our regular quarterly magazine, Crossway, and you might enjoy some of the articles that we publish on our blog and our website. So do check those out over the summer. You might find that actually uh, now is a good time to think about becoming a member of Church Society. If you do that, you'll get Crossway as part of your regular subscription, and you'll also be supporting the work of Church society uh, more generally as we seek to resource and encourage and contend for the faith in the Church of England. Do check out the details for that on our website if that's something you might be interested in. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and have a great summer. Mm